Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Probably for the next couple weeks, we are all Bostonians. And Beth West. He's kind of a big deal. Class is in. It's the Rock School Radio Show, uh, right here on the Rock School Radio Network. Uh, Let me tell you where we're going with this today. I'm going to tell the names in here, which will tell you maybe where we're going to go. Even though we are broadcasting from Louisiana, where we normally do today and probably for the next couple weeks, we are all Bostonians. Uh, My name is Joe Burns. You are? Red Sox fan, Beth West. That's right. And And from way before this. That's true. And you are? (laughs) I am Boston Bill Robison. Bill Robison (laughs) is here with us, or Robison. I always spell it two different ways. The reason we've got Bill in the studio with us today, and uh, normally when we do have him in here, he's talking music and we have fun and uh, we joke that he's a Tudor historian and I don't know what Tudor means and we have fun with it. But in reality, he is a well-published and well-respected historian and the department head of the History and Political Science Department here on campus. So he's kind of a big deal. You, you are Sorry. not kind of a big deal. He is a big deal. We're talking Boston today. Don't buy that. Yeah. <laughs> talking Boston today. I want to play songs that talk about Boston. I want to play bands from Boston. And the reason I brought you in is because if you're going to talk Boston, the reason we're doing it is because of the bombing that took place a week ago today. Now, this show is airing on Thursday and Sunday, but we're recording it on Monday. And one of the reasons I want you in here is because of all we're hearing about these two bombers is that they are of Chechnyan uh, descent. Right. And I want you as a historian, and you've taught Russian history, I want you to attempt to help and explain to us what is this Chechnyan thing? I mean, why do we care? Because for the longest time, and Beth pointed this out, people were tweeting that they're Czechoslovakian. No? To the point where the Czechoslovakian, uh, or I'm sorry, the Czech uh, ambassador um, put on his website that people should realize there's a difference between the Czech Republic and Chechnya. Well, they're an entire he, I mean, it was apart. bad. It was bad enough that the ambassador felt like, I need to make a note of this. Sure. So for an hour today, songs about Boston. We're going to talk Boston. I'm going to tell you some history of Boston, the music that's in Boston. We begin with the Standells, who, by the way, as Bill pointed out, are... From Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> but, but we're banned in Boston. Right. Uh, because their song was taken as being uh, insulting to Boston. Sure. Now, their song, Dirty Water, talks about, I love that dirty water, Boston, you're my home. Why Boston? Their manager was from Boston. He got robbed, mugged on a bridge, and wrote the song, which is where it came from. It looks all like this right here on Rock School. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you about my town. I'm going to tell you a big fat story, baby. 
Boston today here on Rock School. And again, we are all Bostonians for a while because that is the city that was brought to its knees for a short while. And we're playing music from Boston. Now, let's go to our historian. Tamerlan and Zokar Sarnev. Did I get it? Am I close? Zarnayev. Zarnayev. Now, when this when the bomb went off at the uh, at the uh, the marathon, immediately people either said, and I saw this on Facebook, and I saw your post on Facebook. Shut up unless you know something. I think is mm-hmm. what you posted basically. That was the basically, gist of it. Yeah. yeah. Now people immediately went, it's homegrown terrorism or it's Al-Qaeda. It's it's somebody of Arab descent. Yes. When it was found out who they were and the word Chechnyan came out, all I knew was that the Chechnyans are somewhat mad at Russia. <laughs> That's where my knowledge base ended. Bill, explain to us who these people are. Okay. Uh, Chechnya is a Russian republic. That is to say, it's it's part of the Russian state. Uh, it's in the North Caucasus Mountains, the, in, in what, what's known as the Caucasus region, uh, bounded by Russia uh, to the west and northwest, by Dagestan, which you heard mentioned from time to time in uh, the news reports, uh, to the east, and Georgia. Uh, which has also been not a problem the state, spot for, those for of the you Russia. Who are geographically challenged. Well, it's it's the state, <laughs> just not the American state of Georgia. <laughs> capital is, um, is Grozny, uh, and uh, it's it's a pretty small state population wise. Uh, territorially, it's 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 significant, but it's there's only about 1.3 million people there. Um, it uh, has a long history of being fiercely independent, going all the way back into the Middle Ages. Uh, they resisted the Mongols when the Mongols came in. Uh, they have resisted the Russians since the Russians have come in. Why do the Russians care about it? Why do they want it so bad? Well, because it's strategically valuable to them. Uh, it's it's close to, to Georgia, which they want to hang on to. The Caucasus has got, got resources they want. It's close to the Caspian Sea. And if it becomes independent, uh, it is largely Sunni uh, Muslim and would probably, you know, be linked with uh, Islamic interest rather than with the Russian interest. And the Russians like to control things. Uh, It was under Putin, as I understand, that it really became a clampdown. Yes. Uh, It's it's been part of the Russian Empire since since 1813. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was under the protection of Persia and the Turks uh, before that. Uh, But it became part of the Russian Empire in 1813, which meant that when uh, the Bolshevik Revolution took place in 1917. It then became part of the Soviet Union. Uh, was part of was a very troublesome part of the Soviet Union for most of its history. Uh, and then, in 1991, when the Soviet Union broke up, it became uh, a separate republic within Russia. Wanted to be fully independent. Uh, and has been trying ever since. And uh, ultimately, there have been a couple of wars there since 1991, in the last of which Putin, uh, you know, earned his, his nickname Vlad the Bad by really clamping down on him pretty hard. Yeah. Okay, so when we get back, let's play a, let's play a song by a, a favorite son of Boston. When we get back, can you explain to us why, why the Chechnyan people are attacking Russia? Yes. And see if you can somehow make the jump why they'd come and hit us what we do 
I'm she still trying to figure job. that one out. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that that's favorite, <laughs> favorite rock sons of Boston, Aerosmith. This is from their latest album. This one's called Out Go the Lights right here on Rockstar. It is Monday to us. We're recording this show on Monday, so we're a week out of the bombing at the Boston Marathon, and we're still trying to figure out a few things. Uh, our good friend from the history department, Bill Robison, is here. He's just explained to us the general of where and what Chechnya is. Now, explain why Chechnya, or the freedom fighters in Chechnya, are fighting Russia, and see if you can draw a line and connect the dots. Why these guys would come here, if there even is a line. Can you do that? Well, I can certainly do the first part. I'm not sure anybody can do the second part just yet. But the the Chechnya never wanted to be part of the Russian Empire. It never wanted to be part of the Soviet state, and it, it doesn't want to be part of the post-Soviet state. Uh, they were transferred to, to Russia in 1813 in the Treaty of Gulistan uh, against their will uh, at the end of a war between Russia and Persia. Uh, they then immediately launched into a long war with the Russians that lasted from 1817 to 1864, where they fought against being incorporated, the so-called Caucasian War. How do you fight a war for 50 years and not literally wipe out an entire population? Insurgency. The, you know, it's, it's basically a guerrilla war as, okay. as, as opposed to an all-out war. And the Russians had other things, you know, that they were dealing what with. What year was that? Simultaneously. 1817 to 1864. Well, the guns wow. weren't very accurate then. Apparently not. You had to <laughs> well, they also, you know, during that time fought, fought the Turks. They fought the Crimean War. So they, they were distracted from time to time you being a historian but, i'm going to inject this here is 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 there just less war now than there was back then no no okay no, I, no. I don't think so okay there's, back to the main topic. there's there's always an abundance <laughs> yeah at any rate uh once once they were subdued sort of uh, in 1864, they were not happy about it and were, were constantly looking for opportunities to rebel. And pretty much every time there's a crisis in Russia, they do. And then, of course, when Stalin comes in and tries to collectivize the land, uh, they rebel against him. And, you know, rebelling against Stalin is perhaps one of the most understandable things anybody could ever do and also one of the most unwise things sure, anybody right. could do. Uh, Stalin, you know, it's, who it's had— believed he may have killed more people than any other single human being on Earth. Yeah, cer yeah. certainly more than Hitler. You know, I'm, I'm not being facetious when I say this. He already had a lot of practice uh, at dealing with insurgents by the time he dealt with the Chechens. In 1944, he simply deported the entire population of Chechens and also Ingush, uh, who are closely related ethnically to the Chechens, from Chechnya to Kazakhstan. Just, just, just put them, picked them up and put them pick, there. Picked them up and put them there. Now, of course, a lot of them died along the way, and that was just fine with Stalin. Um, so there's been sort of a um, Chechen diaspora since the yeah, time? Yeah, although Khrushchev let them come back. But uh, they, they still weren't terribly happy about being part of Russia, and when the Soviet Union broke up, they took advantage of that again. So uh, what you end up with is two more Chechen wars. There's a war that uh, goes from 1994 to 1996, 
where they were attempting to free themselves from Boris Yeltsin's Russia. Uh, and then after Vladimir Putin comes in uh, from 1999 to 2009, uh, th- they're at it again. There's a second Chechen war. Now, that's only about a year of battles, 99 to 2000, and then it's guerrilla war again. And eventually uh, Putin sends the Russian army in and they just do tremendous damage. Okay. But that's where a lot of Chechen terrorism comes from, okay. is let's, in retaliation against that. Well, let's take a, a break, just simply time-wise. Okay. Play one more, and then we'll talk terrorism in the first break. You okay, okay with that? I'm fine with that. You ask for this one. It's Jay Giles' band. Love Stinks, another Boston band right here in high school. about this, but I wanted to get this out. I wanted this connection to be made, uh, this Chechen thing, because I didn't have any connection to it. See now if you can make this connection. Why would these Chechen guys attack America, attack Boston? Do you think it's because they're Chechen? Do you think there's some connection, or is it simply radicalized Muslim? Do you think it's these guys were just cheesed off? Because they've been living here in America for what, a decade? Yes. Before this happened. Can could, you make a connection? Could, could be any of that or none of that. Yeah. And I, I think the only honest answer at this point, uh, it's not a very um, exciting answer, but it's we don't know. Uh, I mean, we listened to, you know, 36, 48 hours of speculation by the talking heads on various news networks and what have you last week, and almost everything they said turned out to be wrong. So I I think until we know a whole lot more, it's wiser just to say we don't know. Now, Uh, the the Chechen terrorists that are hitting Russia, these are the people that hit the the school, the primary school, the people that took over the theater where Putin then sent in gas and basically killed everyone. Correct. they are also uh, followers of Islam. Are they Al-Qaeda-ish type people? I, I know, I'm not asking that very politically correctly, but do you see the connection I'm making? Well, there is possibly a connection. Uh, the, the Chechens, of course, have their, their own ball game mm-hmm. uh, here. Uh, they've got their own agenda, which is anti-Russian. And I think anything else to, is is probably secondary to that. So we're now, not on their radar as U.S. Um, no, they like us. Well, uh, I mean, Chech, Chechnya does not like our system necessarily because, you know, they're ruled by a, a very brutal uh, dictator and um, are, you know, on every human rights watch list imaginable, Amnesty International right on down. But um, they have tended to see us as a counter uh, to, to the, the Russians because we were critical of Putin when he went in uh, and just did a number on them a few years ago. 
So in, in that sense, a lot of the, the so-called Chechen freedom fighters, you know, they're, they're freedom fighters if they're on your side, they're terrorists, terrorists if they're on the other. On the other. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm, I'm not being facile with that. I mean, that's, that's how they see themselves as freedom fighters. We see them as terrorists, and so do the Russians, uh, for, because we're, we're looking at it from a different angle. Um, and certainly I'm, I'm not in any way trying to justify what they've done in Russia or what the Russians have done to them. Uh, but you can understand why they're mad at the Russians. Right. They, they've got 200 years of history there. And if some of the more radical ones uh, undertake very violent ways of showing that, it's not that surprising in that part of the world. Um, have they gotten some assistance from al-Qaeda or other radicalized groups? Could be. Uh, were these guys that were in Boston connected with that? Hard to say. Uh, we know that the older one, Tamerlan, had uh, supposedly been to Dagestan, uh, although you know different members of the family are disputing exactly what he did while he was there. Uh, one story is that uh, he was studying uh, the Quran. Another story is that he was there working with his dad. Those aren't mutually exclusive. But in any case, um, uh, whether he has any sort of connection with what the Chechens were doing vis-a-vis -vis the Russians, hard to say. How you translate that from anti-Russian to anti-American is kind of a mystery. Yeah. Uh, we have done nothing really to harm Chechnya. Uh, if, if anything, we have helped them. And uh, in, in a sense, this would have made more sense a few years ago when we were friendlier with Putin here lately Putin's kind of mad at us, or, or at least he's pretending to be. Go so the, the timing of it, in, in, in a lot of ways, is just not very rational. So, I, so no line. No. No line. So, no sorry. Line. <laughs> I wish I wish I could have come up with a better answer. You need, or need, you need somebody smarter or better informed than me. Yeah, why didn't we get the somebody who's smarter and better informed than him? I told you to get they on They cost that. money. They do. So. <laughs> this is what yeah. we could get Gotta take on a break. the cheap. <laughs> Gotta take a break. Back in a minute on Rock School. We've talked enough about the Chechnya. We've talked enough about these bombers. Let's talk Boston a little bit here. I have a trivia question for the two of you. All right, do All right. it. There are two general symphonies, two general lots of brass and violins and such in Boston. There is the Boston Symphony Orchestra and the Boston Pops, right? Correct. Right. What's the difference? The Pops plays more popular music. It's exactly yeah. that. <laughs> it is. The Pops were formed as a second identity to the symphony in 1885. It was... All of the non-first chair musicians, although that's blatantly not the case anymore, and what they used to do was set up in a less formal area and play cabaret-type music and play pop music. They and were of course the, John Philip Sousa, right? On, on the Fourth of July, marches and such. So if you want to see high-end stuff that makes you talk like this, you go see the symphony. You want to see pop music, you go see the Boston Pops. 
that was the reason for the two of them actually being created. If you're going to go to Boston, you might as well see the band that's named after them, which would be... Beantown. Boston. Oh, Boston. Right. How about rock and roll band here on Rock School? Talking about Boston here on Rock School, as for a while we are all Bostonians, basically saying here, hurrah. Here. I tell you, I, I heard a person state that if something like this was going to happen, Boston was a place for it to happen. The medical facilities there, right there, mm-hmm. were unbelievable. Well, all the universities. Right, with the all the university medical centers and such. Speaking of universities, Beth West. Yeah. You, you want to learn music? Go to Boston. The New England Conservative of Music, Conservatory of Music is in Boston. It's the oldest independent school of music in the United States. Do you know Coretta Scott King graduated from there? Really? A degree in voice, ladies and gentlemen. Huh. Uh, Vic I didn't Firth. That. Uh, anybody who plays drums knows that you buy Vic Firth sticks. Uh, he graduated <laughs> with a, a degree in percussion. Got a bundle of them in my house. Do you really? Oh, absolutely. Also, there is the Berkeley College of Music there. I think you can only get in if you can prove that you are ungodly good on the instrument, and then they make you ungodly better on the <laughs> instrument. Meredith Brooks went there. Bill Chase. I just got a whole list here. Paul Cole, Rivers Cuomo of Weezer, Al Demiola, Elliot Easton of the Cars, Melissa Etheridge, Donald Fagan, uh, Stuart Ham. he's a bassist, Bruce Hornsby, Quincy Jones, Joey Kramer of Aerosmith, Mike Mangini of Dream Theater. I'm just going to keep going here. Well, Hang on. All these people. Amy Mann of Till Tuesday. Trey Parker of South Park. You wonder how yeah. these guys are able to write their music. He did. <laughs> Billy Squire and Steve Vai. Now, I there's think, a lot more, but there's some big and names. And that school really respects popular music. Oh, Unlike yeah. most yes. of their music schools, they really do respect modern popular music. That's why you have so many popular artists who right. come out they, of there. They put out rock stars. So if you want to go to a, a massive school, plus go to a pretty cool place. Have you ever been to Boston? No. Haven't you? Have you never I been I have never been either. It's on my oh, list. Oh, it's wonderful. And when I was looking for places to maybe move to, it was like I literally had maybe four places in the United States that I was willing to move to. Yeah. That I was, I'm from New Orleans, so I'm like, I need some place that's culturally diverse and has interesting, and Boston was on the short list. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I've been twice, and both times. Was only able to spend about two days there each time, but absolutely loved it. You, when you heard about this topic, said, let's play Passion Pit. Yeah. And by the way... All members of Passion Pit graduated from the Berkeley Berkeley. College of Music. Most of them did. Yeah, you're right. Second break here on Rock School. I haven't done the names in a while. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Beth West. You are? Bill Robison. Uh, by the way, the best line in any movie about Boston comes from Spinal Tap. The line goes this way. The manager comes into the band. They've just finished up a gig. He looks at them and says, I'm sorry, guys, but the gig in Boston's been canceled. And the band grumbles. And then the, 
manager looks at him and says, I wouldn't worry about it. It's not a big college town anyway. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorites. Hey, one of the things I did want to ask you, do you remember as a historian, and Beth, jump in if you can remember either, can you ever remember another time when an entire town was shut down for a manhunt? No. I can't either. Well, and I don't know that... If we couldn't remember it, maybe it's because it wasn't very successful. Like, I can't. It's a real tribute to the people of Boston that they were like, hey, go inside and stay there. And they were like, well, all right, we're going to let you do your job. And they did it. And they did it. And And that's not cowardice. They were just like, the police are going to do their jobs. So we're going to stay right here. Oh, the whole the whole thing's remarkable. It really is. The behavior, the the population, the behavior of law enforcement, uh, the cooperation among law enforcement. uh, I thought that was that was the most fascinating part. I mean, yeah, people were like, why can't they find this kid, you know, for hours and hours and hours? Well, guess what? You know, um, I wouldn't count the MIT officer because he was pretty much ambushed and shot. But once the manhunt began, one officer was injured. But no other, there were there was no kind of hostage situation, no bystanders were injured, and not that many right. police officers fully were. contained. Fully yeah. contained. It yeah. took longer, but they got him alive, which is what everybody wanted. So you can kind of try to get some kind of. And Why did talk. you do this? I don't well, think he, he wanted to be as part he, of this. As he much already as we is. Uh, he he can't speak because he was shot in the throat. Apparently, and yeah, as of Monday, that's is, when we're recording. Um, he's yeah. writing. He is writing. So uh, they are yeah. getting some stuff out of him. It's just taking a little bit longer. I got to um, tell you, I I don't know who the guy was. By I only saw the quote one time. He was he was somebody high up in the police department, and he was angry. And he came out and he said, "Bostonians only have one concern, or only have three concerns: food, baseball, and revenge." And I, thought, <laughs> I thought to myself, oh, "God, <laughs> please catch these guys with a lot of people around, because if one guy gets their hands on them, this is not going oh. to be pretty." Yeah, and the, but the reaction when they caught him was not string him up. Whatever no, it was, they cheers, in. They cheers in. for the people who managed to do it safely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Some guy came out, found him in the back of his boat, and smart again. Infrared technology. He's in there. Flash grenades. He's not moving. All right, now we. And go it, in. It, it could, you know, again, this this is speculating, which I just said we shouldn't do, but it could have gone so much worse. Oh. It really yeah. could with have the, with really the kind of have. kind of explosives these guys were carrying around. Exactly, they could have done a lot of more that's damage. what it, they had the potential to do a lot more damage, but didn't. Yeah, yeah thank goodness. Okay, got to take a second break. Be back in a minute, right here on Rockstar. <laughs> coming out of the break talk to us about the game well I've, for for those who have not seen it uh there, there are a couple of things on youtube that that just every american needs to see one is the first bruins game uh after the bombing uh as as usual they started it with a guy singing the star spangled banner i i don't know who he was uh but it sounded like he had a good voice uh, mm-hmm. but unless you heard the first couple of lines you didn't get to hear him because the whole crowd started singing at the top of their voices and just completely sure. drowned him out. I mean, it, it's one of those things that if you watch it, it will literally 
give you chills. Sure. And the other thing is that, you know, um, anybody that follows baseball knows that Yankee fans and Red Sox fans hate, <laughs> hate each other. I know that. Uh, I am a Red Sox the, the, fan and my husband is a Yankees fan. Oh, dear. A mixed <laughs> marriage. <laughs> uh, to each other? So uh, Only during certain times of the year. The, okay. the day after this, it's a tradition in, in Boston that, that for some reason or other, they started singing Neil Diamond's song, Sweet Caroline. Nobody really knows for sure why but yeah. they do it at every game mm-hmm. and the yankee fans sang it in yankee stadium and pretty soon it spread to the whole country and just about every baseball game last week at some point uh the fans sang that song in right. solidarity so with nice. boston neil diamond so came out and sang it on the field in boston i saw that right and he had a full beard Yes. <laughs> it just looked like a homeless guy wandered onto the field in Boston. Yeah. A little last he, minute. They just grabbed the him. microphone. Yeah. They grabbed him out of his apartment. <laughs> I just want to sleep. He's got oh. the mic and he sounds just like Neil Diamond. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I really liked the clip, if you saw it, of the the students. or It was just people, but it was right around Northeastern. And right after they captured the guy, they showed a clip of them in the streets and then just spontaneously burst into the Star Spangled Banner Brilliant. in the street. It was really Really awesome. Yep. From Boston, the Kaz. I know tonight she comes right here on Rock School. As we're talking about Boston here uh, on Rock School, I heard you guys talking while I was in there doing some editing, and the uncle of the two suspects, well, one suspect, one not so suspect anymore, that guy's my my new hero. Oh, yeah. Ruslan Sarni. Oh, man. That's his name? He laid down the law there. Yeah. We, we, We started referring to them as losers and then yelling, turn yourselves in. You have brought shame on the Chechenian people. I'm thinking, whoa. I, you know, what do you what do you do when the kid doesn't, you know, what do you do when your own children disobey you? <laughs> well, and then he goes into this long thing about how much he loves America and how it gives everybody opportunity. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better patriotic speech than this guy gave. No, and yeah. I mean, I, part of that must have been because he felt like he had to kind of defend himself in that way because I'm sure that his that family might be the target. I mean, it's, it could potentially be the target of prejudice. But um, it's it yeah that was so so much different like than what hero. we normally see in these kinds of situations that you know it's it was it was really powerful. Let me tell you some bands that we're not going to play from Boston. Pixies. James Taylor was born in Boston. Uh, he's now a Berkshire's resident. I love resident. Sweet Baby James. Oh yeah. Uh, Donna song. Summer born in Boston. Uh, Joan Baez got her start in the coffee houses while she was living in Belmont. New Edition and New Kids on the Block. How about that? <laughs> you think they want to have them? Tavares. Oh, we should have brought those <laughs> New Kids on the Only Block Only takes up. a minute more than a woman. I love Tavares. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Dick Dale was born in Boston, raised in Quincy. Tom Rush uh, was also there. Extreme uh, was there. Lemonheads. 
The Remains, Galaxy 500, Morphine, Amy Mann, remember her from Till Tuesday? She was also there. Uh, Mission of Burma and the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. All of them are all from Boston, as well as this band, ladies and gentlemen. On the, what would you call it, the lead bagpipes, <laughs> the Dropkick Murphys, right here on Rock School. <laughs> Last break here on the Boston Show. Um, I'm really happy you came in and talked to yeah, us thank about Chechnya right you for there at me. the beginning. Much more of a lecture than we normally get on the Rock School Show, but that's why it's called Rock School. And uh, I appreciate you coming in. And uh, let me just let me tell you once again these these people: Martin Richard Age, Crystal Campbell, 29, Lou Lingzi, I believe, a 23 year old Chinese national, and Sean Collier, an MIT campus police officer. Those that lost their lives in the Boston bombing. It's uh, amazing. It wasn't more people. Uh, this this may happen again. Hopefully, it doesn't. But uh, this one was really hard to get your brain around. It really to was. Me it was. Yeah, I it mean, really was. comparatively, it's. I mean, if we're talking about like collateral damage, it was not as much, but it was so painful. Yeah, just because of the shock and the injuries right. of the people. The one gentleman who had both legs blown off below the knee. From what I understand, when he came out of surgery, he made a motion. He was still intubated. Made a motion with his hand. I want to write something. They handed him a piece of paper, and he wrote "bag." Yeah, Man he could identify. Right yeah, yeah, he's the guy that's the that helped first it. thing he did yeah. when he woke up, and that's I mean that's one of the most inspiring stories from this is not, you know, that the people, not what happened, but the response to it yeah, was so I'm, amazing. I'm getting hours and hours and hours of lecture in my journalism classes out of this, and the students are laser pointed on the topic, and uh, like you said, you know. How do you how do you report on it? Let's not say things we don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's a darn hard thing to teach. You know, don't say things you don't know. But there's a 24-hour news cycle. What do we fill it with? Yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. it gets rough. Okay, next week, uh, you know, grand success out of uh, out of Boston. But next week, back to just goofy music <laughs> stuff here and there. And when you come back next time, I'm going to start making fun of you again. Okay? That works for me. Neil Diamond, we're all Bostonians for at least a couple more weeks. Sweet Caroline, ba ba ba, <laughs> right here on Rock School. Class is dismissed. Where it began I can't begin to knowing But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring, and spring became the summer.